This is Peter Fleming greeting my story, Little Pink Car. Let's get this straight. I'm not gay, yet I'm proud to say that a few years back not being gay didn't stop me from buying a little pink car. Not for my wife or my girlfriend, mind you, but for myself. Here was my thinking moments before the decision to purchase. Was I really not going to buy this machine on account of its color? Pink is a girl's color, true. We all know that. And since I'm not a girl, what would, it, what would driving a little pink car say about my masculinity? Nothing good. Still, it's just a color, and this car had pep, a genuine pocket rocket. Point it at the sky, and it would take you on into, into low Earth orbit. The particular model of the car, I won't dwell on the make, was equipped with a Mazda engine instead of standard issue Ford. I'd heard that from someone, which made it scripture as far as I was concerned. The only thing going against it was it was a little pink car. Look, dude, I said to myself, you're an intelligent, sophisticated guy. You've read Plato, Nietzsche, Stephen King for the irony. In many ways, you're smarter than almost anyone on earth. Yes, I too think such thoughts. You're politically correct without being all Sarah McLaughlin about it. So buy the damn car. So what if it's pink? If you wake up one morning from dreams of French kissing Guy Lombardo, you can paint a heterosexual color. Be brave, make a statement. You'll be like the illustrated man. What's the worst that can happen? Merciless ribbing was the obvious answer to that question. Delivered mostly via the nattering tongues of my students who, being children, still existed in the obnoxious miscreant phase of human development. But fellow teachers weren't too shy to pass witty judgment either. At a staff dinner, while everyone else was ordering a manly drink, like Labatt's Blue or Lakeport Pilsner, another teacher said to me, you know, Peter, between that iced tea you just ordered and that pink car you drive, I'm wondering, is there something you don't, we don't know about you you'd care to get off your chest? You mean besides from the fact that I must be a fag for not ordering a beer? I changed my order to a beer, a Heineken. It's true, Gary, I'm a regular lily of the valley. Also, the car isn't pink, it's wine. That's what the owner's manual says, so that's what it is. And not to put too fine an edge on it, but Heineken is sort of a, a gay beer. What? Another time, while waiting for a light to change, a black Mercedes-Benz pulled up beside me. The tinted window rolled down and a local high school kid shouted, please, tell me that's your wife's car you're driving. Laughing, I called back, and is that your mommy's car you're driving? Up went the windows, and if ever an automobile scurried away, humiliated, that black Mercedes did. So I took the ribbing in style. My students and colleagues weren't Neanderthals, after all. I was well-versed in, in the comic echo that often resonates around issues that still exist in the not-too-Sarah McLaughlin gray zone of the politically correct. Well-meant comedy, gentle ribbing, nothing more.
I don't know how or when pride became a synonym for open, joyous, gay rebellion. It's not like being gay is an accomplishment, after all. But Toronto, in the years I lived there, surely seemed to harbor an awful lot of confused young gays, boys and girls not yet openly rebellious or joyful, and certainly not auspiciously proud. Kids from small towns all over Ontario and the eastern provinces away from home for the first time and either attracted by the relative indifference of big city life or repulsed by the intolerance or morbid curiosity of their own hometowns. One such figure was, I'll call her, Sue D. Nim, with whom I worked and played during, during my time in the good city. Ms. Nim was a burst of sunshine in the rainbow shadows of Toronto's alternative lifestyle underground. Dressed in a never-ending rotation of day-glow tank tops, capris, t-shirts, chiffon skirts, holy cow knee socks, and every in-your-face tint, tint and hue, her saucy demeanor seemed to announce, yes, that's correct, I'm a wild child, now please go to hell. Sue showed me how the TTC worked, where to get a good BLT at three in the morning. We drank beer, Heineken, and played pool in establishments of, of questionable pedigree. We went to concerts and baseball games, and I'll admit I was taken aback, shocked, after the fog of magaceous Presbyterian fashion, to learn that she was living with a woman and not just for convenience sake. Oh, Peter, I thought you knew. No, the dweeby guy from Hamilton didn't know, but he was learning fast. This is my friend, Peter Fleming, Saucy Susie announced more than once at Points Beyond, not its actual name, possibly the gayest lesbian bar on the face of the earth. Don't hit on him, though, she added to forewarn the bartenders. He's not gay. Only Sue, with her chopped orange hair and enough piercings in her head to rival a, com a community message board, could make that come out sounding like, go easy on him, he's a little dumb. And there stood I before him, the bug-eyed wonder from Hamilton, in standard-issue Jimmy Olsen haircut, Mr. Fixit eyeglasses, button-down L.L. Bean shirt, and, and Argyle V-neck sweater with matching socks, looking more like her probation officer than anything else, and feeling very much the put-upon poodle let off a very short leash. We hung out together, Susie and I, and soon I was hanging out by myself at points beyond and beyond. Addressed at first as Susie's friend, a euphemism for not gay but okay, and eventually just Peter. My, my inner anthropologist justified this appalling expenditure of energy on what was for me a barren pursuit, to say nothing of my outer party animal who liked to cut a rug. Many were the nights Susie and I danced into the wee hours and points beyond, surrounded by whole oceans of young gays and lesbians. Serious, shy little girls in black sweaters and Coke bottle glasses who might have been medical students or librarians. Lipstick lesbians out on the dance floor to shake their fannies a bit after a hard day slinging martinis for lawyers and power brokers on Young Street. 
fearful little lesbians in tartan skirts and bobby socks canoodling with tattooed, buffalo-shaped, leather-clad dykes in the shadows. Lesbians canoodling with lesbians everywhere, really. Everywhere you looked and surrounded on all sides by gay bartenders. Oh, I heard about you. You're Susie's friend. That's right. One time I walked into Points Beyond's men's bathroom for the obvious reason and found a group of retired sumo wrestlers who, on closer inspection, turned out to be women huddled in a, in a rugby scrum passing a joint around in the middle of the floor. One turned to me and growled, you don't want to be here right now, do you? Uh, no, I laughed, no I don't. And went to do my business in the parking lot. You know, Pete, you're all right, you're cool. This out, of the blue, this out of the blue from a bartender I'll call Todd, who, despite his flamboyantly obvious gayness, had two young daughters and a thoroughly confused ex-wife back home in Nova Scotia. I am? You come here and you don't judge. You don't judge. That's cool. He said that with the wounded look of a child who had been judged once too often. Okay, Todd, sipping my beer. It's okay. I like Susie, that's all, I added, as though that would explain something only he might understand. Everyone likes her, Todd said, a little, rest, a little wistfully. You come here and you don't pass judgment. We're going to have to make you an honorary homo. Over the din, I didn't believe I'd heard that right. A what? We're going to have to make you an honorary queer. Oh, okay, thanks. So you can see my bona fides for driving a little pink car are all in order. Like many a love interest before and since, I drove that baby until the wheels fell off. And I suggest you buy a little pink car too. Man, woman, or child, straight or gay, once you're old enough to drive, everyone should own a little pink car. Then maybe the neighbor's tongues would stop wagging the kids like, and kids like Todd and Susie and all the rest will have the option of growing up old where they were born and not be reduced to exuberant gratitude for some bug-eyed probation officer in Argyle socks who's cool for no better reason than that he didn't pass judgment.